Carry mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to the Gamezilla Alpha Podcast, where you send us by email your favorite game of the week, and we, on the next week's episode, put it in alphabetical order and read it back to you. No! That is not what we do! Uh, welcome to episode three of the Gamezilla Alpha. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, Jazzy. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> I don't know. What is your problem? Uh, well, this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash Gamezilla podcast and start your patronage today. This week's focus is definitely not anything that you said in the beginning of this episode. I've already forgot what you even said. Thank God. It was epic. It was... That word is lightly used, maybe. Something else. More like idiotic. Epic, idiotic. I could see where you get those mixed up. Yeah, toxic? (laughs) (laughs) It had an ick at the end of it. (laughs) The Alpha Show is a focus show, and this week's focus, retro style and current-gen systems. The Nintendo Switch has been out for two weeks, and in that time, both Jazzy and I have beat one game each, and neither of them was Zelda. Retro games are more popular than ever, and with that, remakes and retro-inspired games are popping up more and more. This episode, we want to take you through a couple very special games that we found ourselves obsessing over at PAX East. Yeah, so pop that popcorn, you know, get your comfy pants on, and get ready for an epic journey into the past and the present. (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) First up... I want popcorn now. (laughs) (laughs) First up is a game that came out while we were at PAX East or on our way to PAX East. It's the game that I am going to be talking about today, and that is Blaster Master Zero. (laughs) That's right. Listen to this. Listen to the beats. Legend of Retro is not the only one that can steal music. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I steal shit every day. Get on their level. I mean, our level. (laughs) All right. I'm going to play this for about 32 seconds before we get sued. I'm just kidding. I'm going to let it go because we make no money doing this. So what are they going to (laughs) do? All right. Steal our dignity. Blaster Master Zero, developed by NT Creates, released on the Nintendo Switch and the 3DS on March 9th, 2017. If you are not familiar with Blaster Master, then you suck and should be ashamed of yourself. But Blaster Master was originally released on the NES back in 1988, and it is one of my favorite NES games of all time. 
I love this game. It has had several other games released after it, none of which have lived up to the original until now. And that is because Blaster Master Zero is a fantastic indie retro remake slash tribute game. I picked it up on March 9th, and I played through the entire game while I was at PAX East. Let's talk a little bit about the story. Uh, Between endless human conflicts have plunged the Earth into a new ice age. In order to survive, the human race flees below the planet's surface and builds an underground ecosystem. After several hundred years, the humans have restored the surface of the Earth and abandoned their underground world for the ages. Scientist Jason Frudnick discovers a frog-like creature, which he captures and names Fred. Fred escapes and leaps into a strange hole, and Jason gives chase. Inside, Jason discovers the technological wonder, Sophia III. Surprised to find the ancient underworld intact, Jason uses the tank's receiver to explore it and track down Fred. While in the old residential area, Jason comes across Eve a mysterious girl with missing memory that possesses knowledge of Sophia. That is your story base. Let me break it down a little bit for you. Shout out, Fred. <laughs> the original was a, was a character named Jason and his frog. Okay? And it was a kid. And this pet frog jumps out of a, jumps out of a fish, fish-like aquarium and um, becomes gigantic and... Uh, touches a, a radioactive chest or something like that, becomes gigantic and falls through a hole, and then Jason goes after him. And this, and, and then the kid is, like, in the underworld fighting mutants. So they've changed it up where, like, it was a very ridiculous story, right, in 88. But it worked. People liked it, but it was still way, like, silly. It was a very silly game compared to, like, a Metroid or a Castlevania that was definitely not as silly. Like, oh, your, fo- your frog's missing? Get a new frog. Like, you know, like, yeah. type deal. Now what it is is Jason is actually a um, biomechanical, like, engineer, like, robotics engineer. And he's a genius. Like, a grown man that's that's very smart. He finds this this creature that happens to look frog-ish, but, it, but, he's, but it's actually never been seen on the surface of the planet ever. So he, he captures it, and he's kind of, you know, he names him Fred, and he's kind of studying it. And Fred gets away. So he goes after Fred, and when Fred gets outside, this, like, dimensional portal opens up, and Fred gets sucked into it. And Jason goes after him. With, and, and, you know, and that's when you end in the under, underground or underworld as well. Then you come across, you know, Sophia 3, which is the, the wheeled, you know, four-wheeled tank machine that you find that's, like, of technology that you've never, you know, more advanced than anything you've ever seen before. So you get in that and you use it to track Fred. Upon you know tracking Fred, you come across Eve, like like we stated, a mysterious girl missing her memory, but she act- but she remembers Sophia and becomes the mechanic of that of your of your tank. And as you go you know progress through this game, she you kind of find out a little bit more about her. She you know she helps you in in um, unique ways with giving you new abilities for the tank, and you kind of feel like there's this bond forming right so 
there's your story in a nutshell. You get underneath, you find all these mutants, you find that they're they're going to jeopardize the world that you've built above, and you're going to eradicate them. Basically, now that you've now that you've witnessed this and you know what's going on, you can't turn your back. Type deal. So you go on and you and you and you fight the good fight. I'm not going to give anything else away because there is some really cool you know, stories and uh, there are alternate endings. So I will tell you to pay attention to what you're doing in the game because you can uh, get, I believe, two different alternate, two different endings at least. But um, yeah, the game is super cool. It's 8-bit. You know, the, the Master Blaster original was 8-bit and this plays tribute to it. The uh, Inti Creates is a developer that bought the rights off of Sunsoft which was the original creators, and um, has been working on this game. The coolest part of it is that we knew this game was coming out for the 3DS last year, and I was excited for it. I have a 3DS. I love Master or, uh, Blaster Master, so I was really getting all hyped for it, but it wasn't until the about, the, what, uh, two weeks or a week before the Switch came out, they had their indie presentation. And I'm watching the indie presentation about, I don't know, maybe four games in, they go, Blaster Master Zero. And I lose my mind. I was like, oh my god, it's coming out on the Switch. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) The sad part was I did that all out loud in the middle of the cafeteria at work, and I had a lot of people staring at me. I did not mind because Blaster Master Zero was coming to the Switch. And it did not disappoint everyone. I played this game at PAX East, a little bit on the airplane, at the hotel, eating dinner, in the in the convention hall, waiting in line for video games. I always found that this game was easy to pick up, play a little bit, set it back down. It's the advantage of the Switch in the handheld mode. But at the same time, this game plays well with the Switch in the sense that I don't feel like when I pick this game up, I have to give it three hours of my life. And it's a lot of fun. The game is just fun. The updates of the mechanic, you know, so the game plays like Blaster Master, but the mechanics work like a current gen game. You, you know, and so the unique, here's the unique angle of Blaster Master, why it's always been special to many people, not just myself, is that you, you are playing this Metroidvania style game, you know, left to right, uh, 2D, and it's an open world though, so you, it's not like Mario where you're just going left to right, you can backtrack, you can, you know, sometimes you have to backtrack and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find a room that you can't progress in until you get a special weapon that allows you to unlock that area you know so very similar to metroid and then you get out of your mech or you get out of your tank sorry and you're just you're jason you're this little you're this little character and you'll find these little spots in the world that only you can traverse without your tank and you'll get to a little cave and you'll go into the cave when you get into the cave the game completely changes to a top-down gauntlet style dungeon crawler Mm -hmm. and so it's like two games in one that really make this game so special because back at least in the original there was nothing like this and this new version gives you that feeling so it's just it makes it you just smile You, you just smile you enjoy the music you enjoy everything about it so many pieces of it are the original and then they built around that, and they've added new areas, they've added new bosses, and then the mechanics, like I said, being able to you know shoot an- you know shoot on an angle 
easier because you have triggers and, and, and extra buttons and stuff like that that you didn't have when you were holding an NES controller. You had A and B and a D-pad. So, <laughs> so it, it made it for a rather difficult game. But I, um, this game is very special to me. I, I beat it uh, at, at PAX East, and I felt accomplished. I yelled out loud when I, de- when I defeated the last boss. You were there with me, Jazzy. I may have scared a few people in line for ukulele. Yep, small children. And I didn't care. I was <laughs> The last boss was difficult, and when I beat him, I was super pumped. The game, you know, the, the music plays tribute to the original, just even better, though. You know, the music's cleaned up. The mechanics are cleaned up. The graphics are, you know, they're tribute to 8-bit, but they maybe look a little more like on the 16-bit side. They look really good. I, I'm a fan. And um, overall, solid game. Let's get into my one gripe that I have on this game. And that is simply... So those are my likes. I told you a lot of my likes. The game is the game is amazing. My one dislike: the game is actually too easy. It's a little too easy, and I think if I would have played this game at home, like it would have came out, I'd be like, "Yeah, Blaster Master," and I would have had like a six-hour window to sit there and like put into it. I'd be really bummed that I beat it in like one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's simply because. When you remember the original, like you love the original, but then you also remember that you hate the original because of how brutal it is. And that's simply, there's there's no checkpoints. There's no save points. There's nothing. You can get real deep in that game and and you can, you know, screw up and then have to start it all over again. Here, you have checkpoints conveniently placed pretty much everywhere. You know, like, hey, you're about to walk into a boss room. Save point. Hey, you just got to, you know, the next world or the next area. Save point. And I liked it. But I think, again, I liked it because I was at PAX East. I liked it because I was like, I only have, you know, maybe 20 minutes to put into this. Okay, cool. I got to the checkpoint. I could shut it down. And when I come back, I'll pick back up. It worked great for that. But I do think for the hardcore fans and the and the Metroidvania fans, they, there's a slight disappointment that you can you could burn through this game pretty fast, especially with the, uh, in, in human form, when you're outside of your tank, the highest level weapon roasts everything. It shoots through walls when the enemies can't, and you can pretty much keep yourself at a safe distance and eradicate a lot of things, including bosses. You can get into a boss fight that has, and these bosses are really cool. Some of the new bosses have, you know, um, several levels of mechanics that you will never see because you'll kill it in its first form that fast sometimes. Now, again, part of that is timing and luck and strategy. I'm not saying you're going to be able to go in there and mash a button and just come out okay. Like, you still have to play the game. But it's, it's, it's a bummer considering you spent time to develop a boss that has you know, multiple evolutions. And some people will never see it unless they, you know, make a personal rule to not use that gun. And th- and so you have, you know, I'm, what is it, like 10 different weapons and then you have sub-weapons. And the 10 different weapons go from, you know, like just a, just a single little, you know, pellet to rapid fire to spread shot. Um, you have shields and then and then you have this this pulse wave which is basically three lines of fire that's outside two are crisscrossing each other and it's just three lines of 
of death to everything. Um, and then, like, the uh, sub-weapons are, like, grenades or um, flashbangs, and then eventually you get, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, missile strike, which is from the tank. So you're, like, fighting this thing, and then you basically call to Sophia 3 to shoot a bunch of missiles in the sky, and then they fall into where you are hitting the bad guy. Um, another pretty brutal mo- mo- uh, move, but that eats up your energy. You can't, like, you can't keep using that where the... Uh, the god mode gun, as I call it, it doesn't take up any energy. It just dominates. Now, here's where the game does try to keep, you know, does make it a little bit difficult, is that every time you get hit, you lose a level of that of your gun. So you build up this, like, pink bar. It's almost like, it's almost like your weapon's health bar. You have your health bar and then your weapon's health bar. When you get hit, you lose a function of your gun. And that being the highest version of your gun, if you get hit, you lose that, and then you're you're without it until you pick up a, you know, a, a special item that heals that gun and gives it back to you. So like, yes, it works, but at the same time, I ran most of that game with that gun, and I and it 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 was, you know, it made it a little too easy in, in my opinion. And here's the problem: is that when you beat the game. There's no, you've unlocked hard mode. And that's, I think, all I wanted. The game in normal mode is fine. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And I'm playing it again right now. But I would have loved if you beat the game and it says, congratulations, you've unlocked hard mode or game plus mode where the checkpoints have been removed. Or, you know, something like that. And then instantly it's like, ooh, now I, ha- now I do care about my life more. Or not maybe not removed, but like, now you're only getting a checkpoint after every other area, and there are no checkpoints before the boss. So if you die, you have to run through the dungeon again. I would love that. you know, And that could be something that, who knows, with a patch they could fix that. But um, out the gate at launch, you're not getting any extra modes after you beat it, and it does seem a little bit too easy. You're going to put about 8 hours into this game, and 8 hours you should be able to complete it with the 100% uh, you know, function giving you the uh, the best ending. Mm-hmm. If you beat all the bosses, you technically can skip a boss or two, which means there's an item or two that you don't acquire, and if you do that, you'll get a different ending. So. The one thing, if I can intervene a little bit, um, just to kind of give you my viewpoint on it. Obviously, I haven't beat the game. I've got my hands on it. I've played a little bit. Um, the one thing that I was finding a little difficult to to do at first, but then once you get used to it, it gets real easy to where it's not a problem anymore. But when you're in, not in your actual like rover or or whatever it's tank. called tank, <laughs> uh, and you're in human form, the ability to like turn to where you're shooting a certain way, and then almost movement lock. So you can kind of backpedal or strafe and still shoot in that direction. Yeah. Versus turning and running away from the boss and shoot that way, you know. Right. And, and that- then turn back around. It was a little difficult to just kind of train myself to to get the, the movement lock in place. Yeah, and that was one of the new mechanics. So imagine playing Blaster Master without that mechanic. Right. 
Um, and that's how you that's how you used to play Blaster Master. But the new mechanic where you could lock, you know, if you found the angle that you wanted to be at, you could hold the right the right trigger or the right bumper, and then you would stay in that position and you just strafe or back up, you know, and you could keep aiming that way. Helps out a lot, and I think you know it's a it's a much needed functionality to the game. But it is a little, like you said, it is a little weird to get used to. Blaster Master is a unique game. It's it, you know the tank is floaty and and it's it's a strange game going from top down to to a side scrolling game. So I I think anybody that picks it up that doesn't have a history with Blaster Master or hasn't even played or maybe they have but they haven't played it in you know twenty years, um, there's gonna be you know they're gonna have to get used to it for sure. The tank which we didn't spend a ton of time on is is been greatly updated in the sense of the controls feel good you know hovering you eventually get hover functionality and all the other cool tools that you get of your tank on top of your character you know so there's a lot of cool abilities you're gaining they all work really well they all feel good and they feel necessary you get them and then you go oh i can go here and so the layout of the world the 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 level designing and all that stuff it just is all well done and you never feel like you're lost now i did you know i didn't realize that i skipped two bosses so i will say it's not linear enough where you're just running through it and then you beat it in eight hours like you do have to pay attention to what you're doing on the maps and you have to go find the maps if you want full vision of each area and so i will say that exploration is needed to some extent but i never feel like i've gotten to that point where sometimes i and i love metroid but sometimes i'll get in that spot where i'm like damn it what the fuck was i doing i don't remember and i'm not sure which direction i'm supposed to run in and i'm i'm slightly lost i never really got that feeling uh, with blaster master zero and i and i liked it and for that point it kept the game fun it kept the game it kept the story moving and every aspect of the game, short of the fact where I was like, man, I just feel a little overpowered, everything else felt great. So those are my personal thoughts, my likes, my dislikes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a rating on this game. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I love this game, <laughs> and this is, this is going to be blasphemy to a lot of people listening. It's my favorite game on the Nintendo Switch right now. <laughs> okay, Zelda is a great game. Many people love Zelda. I know you're all putting a lot of time into it. I am playing Zelda too. I just got, I just beat my first uh, Divine Beast, and I felt super accomplished. And it really got me like lit, it lit on fire. Where I'm like, oh, I want to go do another one now. But Blaster Master has a special place in my heart. And when I got to play Zero, and it really truly felt like the original. It felt like the people that made this game cared, and they wanted to bring Blaster Master back. You know, to 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 the world, it it just like it feels great, and I and with this type of response and this type of of reviews that we're seeing, you know, seven out of ten, eight out of ten, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Um, I'm really thinking we're gonna see a sequel here. So, I loved this game. Nine ninety nine. It's a digital download only. It's ten dollars. For eight, for at least eight hours of gameplay, good gameplay, good soundtrack, fun. I highly recommend it, both on the Switch or the 3DS. And if it eventually comes out anywhere else, play this game. You you do not want to miss it. It's it's fantastic. So, and that's the first game I beat on Nintendo Switch so far. Nice, sweet. 
But we're not done yet, folks. Calm down. I know you're enjoying yourselves and you're like, man, this is the best episode of GameZilla Alpha yet. I know. Now you have to go repop some more popcorn, loosen those comfy pants because we know you got a whole bunch of popcorn in you, and stick around for the next game, which is Shovel Knight. Oh, yeah. Let it sink in. Such a good soundtrack. The soundtracks to both of these games are awesome. Amazing. To the point where I was looking up YouTube videos and found a rock version of this that somebody did with an electric guitar, and I like it just as much as this. <laughs> Super cool. So I'm, gonna, we, I'm thinking I'm going to have to buy the vinyl of this. The, yeah. I, I'm not even kidding you. you have, we have to. I, I'm not going to lie. They were selling Blaster Master Zero soundtracks at PAX East, and I didn't buy one. And I'm lit- and I went to the website today. I was like, I'll buy it from the website. It's not there, and now I'm panicking. I'm like, I should have bought it. I should have bought it. What was I doing? No! <laughs> Where can I get it? <laughs> so Shovel Knight was developed by Yacht Club Games. It was released for Windows, the 3DS, and the Wii U in 2014. It was then released to the PS3, PS4, PS Vita, and the Xbox One in 2015. And that's right, we got it on the Nintendo Switch this year in 2017. And I ain't mad. I'm not mad at all. I bought that day one right with my Zelda. I got home, put my Zelda cartridge in, and then I went to the eShop and bought Shovel Knight. You can buy this game for... Uh, you can play this game everywhere. That I mean, there's even... Uh, you can get this for your Amazon Fire TV. <laughs> you can play <Wow. laughs> Shovel Knight on Amazon Fire TV. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's everywhere. So there's no reason for you not to have a platform to play this game on. Now, some people will be like, Shovel Knight? Why? That's not real. Like, why are you talking about Shovel Knight? And now, so I'm going to lead you into this one. I've played Shovel Knight... On the PS4, the PlayStation Vita, the 3DS, the Xbox One, because I have problems. I don't know why I do this, but I play the same game everywhere. And I play it on the Nintendo Switch. But why is this game special to you? This game is special to me because the first time that I played it was on the Nintendo Switch. So I was able to, you know, watch a lot of my friends play it on all of the platforms that they played it on before, but my first actual full playthrough of the game was on my Nintendo Switch, and I could say that the functionality of being portable and being able to play this game on a Switch versus something like the Vita and 3DS is just special. And the biggest reason why it's special is you can co-op this game on the Switch. One huge, yeah, one huge function right there is the co-op, and I think for me personally, I've like I said, I've played on many of these platforms. I never got very far in this game. I like the game, but I never fell in love with Shovel Knight until I got it on the Switch, and I haven't beat it. I know you have, mm-hmm. but I've gotten very close, and I've also started the, you know, the other the other expansions. Yep. But the big thing I can tell you is that it's portable, like you said, with controls that feel like home console. And that's there's the advantage. I've played it on the Vita, and I was like, yeah, Shovel Knight, this is cool. But the Vita just gets to that point where I'm like, I just wish it had 
two more bumpers, and I just wish it had the joysticks were a little bit bigger. And, I, and, and, and you know what the Switch does? It gives you all of that. Yep. So that is why it's so special. On top of, like you just said, a unique mode, and like you're probably about to get into, some exclusive Switch software being added to the original game. Yes. Let's start off with the story of Shovel Knight, though. Give it to me. Shovel The story, not sex. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It starts with the Shovel of Hope campaign, which is the original campaign you could play for the game. Prior to the game, adventurers Shovel Knight and Shield Knight journeyed across the world alongside one another. But while exploring the Tower of Fate, a cursed amulet takes over Shield Knight and leaves Shovel Knight outside of the sealed tower. Grieving for his beloved, Shovel Knight gives up adventuring and goes into self-imposed exile. During his absence, the Enchantress rises to power, spreading evil across the land. Upon hearing the Enchantress has unsealed the Tower of Fate, Shovel Knight begins his journey back to it in hopes to find and rescue Shield Knight. In order to do so, Shovel Knight must fight the members of the Order of No Quarter, who have been dispatched by the Enchantress to impede him. So that's the basic storyline. Um, the gameplay is basically... It's a love story, <laughs> It's people. a love story between Shovel Knight and Shield Knight. He's got to go back for his girl. She's in the Tower of Fate. But in order to get to and unlock the Tower of Fate, he has to go through all of the other towers of the Order of No Quarter. And in each of those towers is a knight that he has to face that the Enchantress has basically uh, made into members and is you know, imposing her will on them to combat Shovel Knight. Those eight members... Including, are including, sorry, King Knight, Spectre Knight, Treasure Knight, Mole Knight, Plague Knight, Polar Knight, Propeller Knight, and Tinker Knight. Furthermore... Fuck Propeller Knight! (laughs) True, true. But furthermore, Shovel Knight's rival, the Black Knight, attempts to keep Shovel Knight from reaching the Tower of Fate, but does not answer to the Enchantress. So he's trying to, like, stop Shovel Knight, but he actually isn't one of the knights that's under the control and bent, uh, by his, bent by the will of the Enchantress. So basically what you're doing is you're going around, you're defeating uh, each one of these knights in the towers to try to get to the Tower of Fate and get to the Enchantress to defeat her and save your beloved Shield Knight. So I did it. <laughs> you not not you didn't just do it. This was like So if you haven't listened to the Gamezilla podcast, which airs every Tuesday on iTunes and Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those great places, but of course MotorCityGaming.com. If you haven't listened to the last episode, last week's episode, you don't you didn't realize that Jazzy got a switch. Right. No one knew Jazzy had a switch because he's been keeping it a secret and and been and been, you know, throwing flame and just trolling on everybody saying like, oh yeah, no, screw Nintendo. Nintendo's dead, blah, blah, blah. But this game 
consumed you. It was like, Jazzy, we should really record the you know this episode. Jazzy, we should uh, do some vlog some vlogging at PAX East. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, man, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All oh, my battery died. Okay, fine, let's work. <laughs> exactly. So Shovel Knight and its gameplay, it's a 2D side-scrolling platform game where um, you, as the Shovel Knight himself, do not wield a typical knightly weapon. You reveal, you, you wield a shovel <laughs> in which your basic concept is to go through, defeat each of these towers, you utilize the shovel, you could swing it at bad guys, you can point it downwards when you jump and utilize it as almost like a pogo stick feature where you can like hop off the heads and kind of boost yourself up. Typical, typical to um, DuckTales, the game, if anybody remembers playing that. Oh, it's so DuckTales. <laughs> Very DuckTales. And um, you, along the way, are collecting treasure by digging up these piles of treasure, finding it in chests, uh, gathering it when you kill bad guys, and you accumulate money to which in certain levels or uh, in town, you could utilize that money to purchase kind of magical spells that you have a, a low mana bar for and you could utilize those spells to you know shoot a fireball at somebody or you know turn some lava into a, a bouncy icker <laughs> uh, a gauntlet that allows you to punch through soft dirt stuff like that yeah. go invisible shield yourself it's a cool game because it gives you that balance it, you know it feels like like ducktales meets castlevania but at the same time, it gives you a little bit of a Metroid feel because you get to buy these, you know, these items and 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 extend your life. You know, get these energy tanks, as I would call them, aka hearts or or whatever meals in this game, right? And so, like, I like that because you're getting the gameplay of of one style, but you're getting some of the mechanics, you know, of a completely different style game, and it all works so brilliantly together. So, like you said, I couldn't put this game down. I thoroughly enjoy it. Some of my likes and dislikes uh, of this game. Let me start with my, like yours on Master Blaster, my one dislike. And it was only one. This but, game's uh, fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily the difficulty, because the difficulty I was okay with. The problem is, is that you're collecting gold and treasure throughout these levels, and you're trying to get it up so that you could buy suits and buy, you know, different abilities and stuff like that in town. Well, a cool part that is not the dislike, but a cool part is that when you die, you do t have infinite lives. So you don't have to use continues or you don't have to start over the game. But when you die, three bags of money float in that area of the level and you start the level over. If you reach that area of the level again and can collect those bags, you can earn the money back that you drop from dying. Right. But if you don't reach those or you don't collect them, you lose that money, and that's your punishment for dying is losing money. Yeah, numerous times I'd be like, you know, sitting at like 12K treasure, right? 12,000 gold yep. or whatever. And by the time I got through the level, I'm at like eight. Yep. And I was like, I lost 4,000 gold. That's a piece of armor. Yep. Damn it. And so like that that right there is the perfect example. You got unlimited lives, right? You got checkpoints. Mm -hmm. You got all the same stuff as Blaster Master Zero. But they still found a way to build in a mechanic that makes you care about dying. Where you're like, man, I don't want to die anymore. I need to stop dying. You know, type. So that's what Blaster Master Zero is missing. And that's why I didn't get a perfect score mm -hmm. from me. 
And like you just said, is basically my main dislike, is there are certain areas in certain levels that are just either A, very difficult to beat, or are challenging because you have to utilize a mechanic that you don't normally use, or something along those lines, and you continually die over and over at those areas, and it gets kind of frustrating that you, like you said, can go into it with $12,000 and leave with like $2,000. Yeah, because you, you die at the same spot in that level over and over right. and over again. Plus, let's not forget, we didn't fully explain that if you die and you leave those three bags of, of gold and you don't recover them, let's say you die again a little bit before that, Yep. The that gold that drops that dropped two lives ago is gone. Gone. It's yep. just gone. Yep. Now and it's the new gold and that you three dropped. Three new blags pop up. So it it can start snowball real quick where you're like starting to, you know, scream and flex the switch a little too much and you know, <laughs> yep. Joy Con pops off and no, I'm just kidding. I, I haven't abused my switch yet. <laughs> Not yet. Plus, there are some areas in the levels where you, you know, jump off a cliff or do something silly. And and dying yeah. away to where the three bags <laughs> that are floating for are you to get your, your, to are impossible to recover. <laughs> so it's just an instant loss of that money. So cool mechanic. Um, something that they did to counteract that, which I think is really cool and unique that I personally haven't seen in any other game, is as you're going through the levels, you reach checkpoints. Correct. To where when you die, you don't have to start the level all the way back over at the beginning. You can start at your last hit checkpoint. Well, the checkpoints are glass spheres on, like, this staff that have jewels and gems inside the glass sphere. So you have the option to break the sphere, gather the gems, which gives you extra money, but then it doesn't save that checkpoint, and you'd have to go back to your previous checkpoint when you die. So you have the ability to, at these checkpoints... Kind of like, say, you want to know what? I think I could beat the rest of the level. I don't need to actually use this checkpoint as a save point or a, or an actual checkpoint. I'm going to use it as an additional money grub, which is super cool and kind of has that a uh, balance to you're losing money while dying. Well, you can gain some extra money by not having to save your game in certain parts of the level. Absolutely. I... um. I think it, that's a very unique mechanic, um, and, it, and it's a it's a cool like gambling mechanic, like you said. I've accident <laughs> I've accidentally broken them, and then and then like suffered for it to yep. the point where I was like, screw it, exit all the way out to the to the main map and go back in the level and just do it over because because missing the checkpoint that I was missing, I just I hadn't learned that area of the level yet. So I needed it so that I wasn't going to have to run through half the level every time just to practice this one spot that I was dying at. Right. You know, cuz that's the thing about this game, it's all about timing and just, you know, it's very Mega Man-ish in the sense of like if you know your frames, if you know things, you can you can speed run this game. Like yeah. people do it all the time. Uh, Xander from the from you know, co-host of the Legend of Retro, I believe has a best, his best time of running this game is like 45 minutes. Okay? I'm like 8 hours in and I'm at the last level. So like, you know, yeah, he's got it down for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got it down for sure. But you know, when you want to practice, these checkpoints come in handy. Once you beat the game and then you want to come back and play it again, sure, start breaking those and getting all that extra gold because 
and I'm not, I'm not sure if you plan bringing this up right now, but the feats that are built into this game are a pretty cool like functionality that they've added to this game. No matter where, no matter what you're playing it on, it doesn't matter if it's a Switch or anything else. Yeah, it's another cool thing about the game, especially being on the Switch. For for me myself, I I like the, a trophy system. That's why I I'm big into my PSN and I love my PS4 Pro. Not just because of the trophies that you can get there, but I personally love collecting trophies. It's just a, a personal opinion of mine. And this game has a built-in feat system, which is basically like trophies. Like, do this so many times and you complete this feat. Do this so many times you complete this feat. So, it, it was definitely a cool perk to have on the Switch, with do, which doesn't have that capability. So, so if Nintendo's listening out there to <laughs> to me, put some trophies in your game at some in your systems at some point because for me it was a mechanic that didn't make the gameplay special to me because I enjoy the game even if they didn't have the feats but it's got that little extra drive for me to to do a level differently or to come you know to try to do a boss a little bit differently to get a feat versus just doing the game normally right Another super cool thing, aside from the stuff that we've already talked about, um, you know, co-op being one of those things, super fun that you can play the play through a level with with your friend, is if you own the Xbox Four version of this game or the Xbox Four, sorry, the Xbox One version of the game or the PS Four. Were you supposed to tell them that we know that about Microsoft? Yeah, don't don't tell them. Fuck. Yeah. We're sorry, Microsoft leaked. Cut this. Cut this from the feed. (laughs) (laughs) PS Four. If you own the PS4 version or you own the Xbox One version, you get a special fight that you can do that's not in any of the other versions of the game. In the Xbox One version, you get to fight the Battletoads as a boss. And in the PS4 version, you get to fight Kratos from the God of War. (laughs) So just super cool things to put into the game to where if you have you know, the PS4 version, or you have... This is probably why Grim has all these, because he wants those special boss fights for each That's one of them. That's why I kept buying them. They, <laughs> they got me every... I was they like, Battletoads! <laughs> you get a little Kratos! <laughs> like, yeah, that's absolutely why I kept buying different versions of this game. So, those are the, the likes and dislikes uh, that I have for this game. Um, the game was followed up by two free DLCs that you could get for it which is the Plague of Shadows campaign and the Specter of Torment campaign. And those stories actually focus on the Plague Knight and the Specter Knight, which are bosses that you beat in your first playthrough campaign of the game. So you get to kind of see the storyline of these two bad guys that you fight in the first one. Now you get to see the game through their eyes in their DLC, which is, which is really cool. So overall, uh, I'm going to give this game an 8 out of 10. I think it's frustrating enough with the mechanics of, you know, dying over and over again in, in certain spots that, you know, it it doesn't uh, deserve anything higher than that because it can get a little, a little janky to where, like, certain mechanics in those areas of the game, to me at least, felt kind of broken. Maybe it's just because I didn't realize how to do it, so that might still be my bad. I haven't fi- completely figured them out yet, but 
an 8 out of 10. It's it's awesome. I love the fact that I can play it on the Nintendo Switch. That made it even more appealing to me. The functionalities that it have on the Switch versus uh, other systems, like you said, with having the extra bumpers and being able to take the Joy-Cons off and play co-op with your friends is just a really cool and unique features. So uh, I'm super glad that I you know, beat my first playthrough on my Nintendo Switch, which I have, by the way. Did you know that? I did, I did know that, and I'm super I'm super happy. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I made a bet. I said, you know, Jazzy will own a Switch before Splatoon 2. I kept saying that. I was like, I believe he'll get one before. Because he kept saying, I'll get one, but not till you know, Splatoon 2. I was like, no, nah, you'll get one before that. And then so for you to you – pulled, you pulled a quick one on all of us, but I was happy that I was right in yep. the end couple other um, I, I do quick want, things I, about Shovel Knight. Yeah, I do want to say something about Shovel Knight, though, that you and you brought up that um, the uh, Spectre of Torment is that what it, is that what the yep. DLC is called? Right, that is a it's Switch exclusive right now. Yes, yeah. So yep. you're, you can own like even though this game, you know, even though the the uh, base game is everywhere, you're only able to play Spectre of Torment on the Switch. Yep. And so I have I have played a little bit of that um, DLC and of the Plague Knight DLC, and I'll say they're both very interesting. the the uh, The new DLC for the Switch is awesome. I really like playing this. It's a prequel technically, so it takes yes. yeah. I, yeah, it's the um the Plague Knight is basically quick quick storyline of that is the it's the Plague Knight basically formulating all of the knights. And going through and trying to gather the knights to become this, uh, what did I say it was? I forget the name of it. Well, that's uh, not Plague. The Order of No Quarter. No, that's Spectre of Torment. Or Spectre of Torment, yes. Sorry. Yeah, Plague Knight is him trying to build this potion where he will become the most powerful being. So he's kind of like, yeah, he's a bad guy and he's part of the, you know, the, uh, what is the group called again? Sorry. The Order of No yeah, Quarter. The Order of No Quarter. Um, he's part of that group, but at the same time, he's kind of doing his own thing on the side, trying to become the Overlord. Right. And so you're playing the original game just as a different character, and you're actually fighting the same bosses as Shovel Knight because they're starting to catch on to your schemes. Yep. It's pretty and, cool. And the cool thing about that DLC is you actually throw bombs. Instead of having the shovel, yeah. So you're throwing bombs, and you could like, you know, time depending on how how long or short you make the fuse, and you know the amount amount of powder you put in the bombs. It like will determine like when it goes off, how much damage it does, yeah. how far you could throw it. Yeah, like, you can change the mechanics of the bomb, and at the same time, your jumping mechanics are based off your bomb too. So you throw a bomb, and then you hold you hold that button to charge yourself up, so that you technically can get like a boost. And that's how you traverse through the game. And to me, it's more difficult than when you're Shovel Knight, where I feel like the Specter of Torment, when when you're playing that, the mechanics are on the same level as Shovel. As when you play Shovel Knight, they're different because you're using like a sickle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, they're, but they're a lot of fun. I feel like Plague Knight is my least favorite of the three. But they're all great. Yep. And a couple other things. Um, <laughs> Shovel Knight was a Kickstarter, so it was basically funded by the by the fans of gaming. Um, they were looking for like seventy nine thousand dollars to to get it off the ground and get it going, and they made like three hundred and eleven. So people are backing this game. 
Um, a cool mode that the Kickstarters got, if you were a Kickstarter of the game, is a four v a four player battle mode, where you could actually kind of like battle against each other. Couldn't find too much on that, and I unfortunately did not kickstart or know somebody that did kickstart it, so I, I can't actually, haven't seen it uh, firsthand, but I just thought that was a cool um, kind of mode that they put in for the people that, that backed them from the beginning. And another cool thing is <laughs> that Shovel Knight sold 180,000 copies within one month of its North American launch. Yeah, it's for a, a Kickstarter game that's phenomenal. I mean, it it's like the poster child of success when it comes to indie games. I mean, the developer was not known for really anything and they are a very successful developer now. They're they're known, you know, like we go to PAX South, PAX East, they're there. We go, you know, we hear all about Shovel Knight. It is a a brand now, and it all started on Kickstarter, which is super. It's it's the dream come true, you know. It's what all these indies are aiming for to get to catch that, you know, that just quick fire and just let it just explode. Mm-hmm. And a cool side story about the Shovel Knight himself is it was actually <laughs> uh, a what was supposed to be kind of like a joke story that the um, artists came up with at lunch one day. They were like, oh, we, we want to make a video game. They knew they were kind of going to go into some sort of art direction and wanted to create something that would that they'd be able to put into a video game that they are making. But the whole thing was like, oh, yeah, we should make it a knight, and then he should, you know, fight with this. And the guy's like, what's a shovel? And then it just kind of like, you know, it was kind of like a joke, and then it turned into Shovel Knight. So. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, the comedy level of this game is great, but at the same time, the game plays so well, and the story is... It's good, you know. It's similar to like we were saying with Blaster Master, where it's, you know it's over the top. This kid's chasing a frog and falls down a hole, and he chases it to fight giant mutant monsters. Like it's it's just ridiculous, but in a way that it works and people love it. Yep. So if you do own a Nintendo Switch, definitely think you should add it to your games. You can actually go onto the Nintendo Store and get the Treasure Trove edition for twenty nine ninety nine, which gives you all three games. I thought Treasure Trove was twenty four ninety nine. Twenty twenty four ninety nine. Sorry, yeah. I misspoke. I okay. misspoke. Yeah, right. twenty four ninety nine, and you'll get basically that's for Shovel Knight and then the two free deals. Yeah, you'll get everything that exists for Shovel Knight to date. Yep. Minus like you're not gonna get the Kratos thing or the Battletoads thing because you yeah. you have to go. And there's certain yeah. other little things that yeah. you could do like. Uh, like the 3DS had, 3DS and Wii U had special uh, capabilities of being able to switch through uh, your secondary item by a touch screen, which these other right. consoles stuff don't have. So yeah. there's other little stuff that you're not going to get, but you know you're going to get pretty much everything you can get for Shovel Knight to date, including amiibo functionality, which uh, I haven't tried. The oh, that's right, it has an amiibo. It does have Blaster an amiibo. Blaster Master have an amiibo? Not yet. Get it back. should. Get it off sh- my dick, it okay? Should. <laughs> it should. 100% it should. And it should be Fred, the fr- the frog. <laughs> yep. But anyways, um, there's there's two ways you can use the amiibo. The the one I haven't tried, actually haven't tried yet, so I don't even know what it does, but the one I did try was the fairy. There's a fairy, like, mother, godmother in the village, and she says, do you have an amiibo? And I said, yeah, and I scan it, and a little shovel knight pops up behind me, a little fairy shovel knight. 
And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. He's following me around. He's got a little shovel, and and I'm like, cool. Let's go into the let's go into a level and see what happens. And I go to level, and right away there's a pile of uh, treasure that you gotta dig up. And he, he flies over there, and he's like digging one little pebble at a time, just like. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden you see him just drop his shoulders. He's like, <sighs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. And then like we get into a fight, and he's standing behind me, and he's holding his shovel like a machine gun, and he's just like. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is super cool, but he does absolutely nothing. nothing. Yep. I love it though because it's just, it's just fun. It's just a fun piece. Yeah. But there is another uh, amiibo functionality to scan uh, the the shovel knight amiibo into, and I, I believe it does a little bit more than that. I just, I'm not familiar with what it is. I, I looked it up. I didn't write it down, but um, it's basically giving you uh, some extra functionalities as far as like getting stuff in the game a little earlier. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. But <sighs> Cool. Well, there is our first two games that we have beaten on the Nintendo Switch. We brought it up because retro games are super popular right now. I mean, you have, you know, around here locally, we have Disc Replay and Ga- Gamers Ave and, and Destiny games, all these retro uh, games uh, stores popping up. And, you know, these games are getting more and more expensive as they become harder to find. But they also are inspiring this next generation of game makers, and we're seeing some really cool stuff like Blaster Master Zero, Shovel Knight, Axiom Verge. You know, a lot of these cool games coming out. But um, quick update: I have it here. Oh, good. Let's hear it. The Amiibo allows players to unlock a co-op mode in the Wii U version. Okay. So you can get the co-op mode with the Nintendo Switch version if you have that. Um, but it unlocks it for the Wii U version as well as a challenge stage and customizable gear in both the Wii U and 3DS versions. Okay. So. All right, cool. Well, there you go. So, like I said, I knew I knew it did more, but the fairy was, was super funny. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to talk about it. I wanted to, to spend Episode 3 to focus on retro style and current-gen uh, games. Let us know what you think. Head on over to the GameZilla podcast group. It's a closed group that we that but anybody's welcome. So just come click that join button. We'll accept you. And we talk about video games every day there. From stuff like this to current gen to whatever. And let, let us know what you think. Have you been playing Blaster Master Zero? Have you what do you think? I mean a lot of you have played Shovel Knight, so we'd love to talk some more Shovel Knight for you. But that is where this conversation will continue the GameZilla podcast group on Facebook. That's our show, though. We just wanted to keep it, you know, keep our hour, uh, our hour show going. I think it worked perfect. We got to talk about two great games yep. that that we're still playing, even though we both beat them. We're still we're still playing these games, and um, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll report more uh, on MotorCityGaming.com with some blogs and everything like that about the alternate endings and the DLC and all that type of stuff. And I think Jazzy's actually, he's been watching videos. I, I Are you getting, let me just, let me, I'm going to guess this one. Are you getting ready to try to speed run this game? Is this your first speed run I've, game? I've thought about it. Okay. I've I kind of thought you were with the way that you've been watching these videos that I've been seeing. So, yep. And some, some of the uh, parts of the game actually in my, in my playthrough, I'm like, uh, you know, I'll go through, you know, a, a screen, and then obviously you go like in a hole or you know off screen, and it switches to another screen. There's been a couple times where I'm like, man, I just want to go. I want to start this screen over and see if there's a different way I can get across this, 
you know, feet or get past these bad guys quicker. So <laughs> I've yeah. already been kind of you know preparing myself in my my first playthrough of the game. So yeah, I can tell you I'm I'm in the same boat with with Blaster Master Zero where I'm like, I wonder how quick I could beat this game. You know, now that I know the path and stuff like that. So I have Xander to to help push me with true. Uh, having that 45 minute beat time. Very so I'm true. like, man, can I at least come close to that? Because I know he's he's a platformer, yeah. whereas I'm not as much a platformer. So this, just to come close to that 45 minutes would be a win for me. Yeah, this is another game that you could study because it's uh, used in uh, games done quick uh, often. So yep. All right, so Blaster Master Zero gets a 9 out of 10, and Shovel Knight on the Switch gets an 8 out of 10. <sighs> it's been a good show, but it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, stay tuned. Like uh, like we said, we just came back from PAX East, so we are already in talks with a bunch of other indie game developers that uh, you know could potentially come on this show, along with some uh, cool, unique, um, you know, controller uh, companies and, you know, uh, accessories that you can add to your gaming repertoire to help you, you know, maybe get that little edge. They could possibly be on the show as well. So. Yeah, we have some cool interviews coming up, so uh, keep an eye out for those. And just remember, this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you want early access to this show, along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast and start your patronage today. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of the GameZilla Alpha. And until next time, game, game on! I like how we separated there. You're like, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs>